My name is Jay Rosenthal. I'm the co-founder and president of the Business of Cannabis. This is B of C Live for Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. We are in solidarity with those that seek justice and reform. People of color have been mistreated and justice carried out unequally or not at all for far too long. This has been true on the cannabis front and in larger society overall. Black lives matter. In our newsletter this week, we seek to amplify voices we have found thoughtful, impassioned, and meaningful. Specifically, we encourage you to read Von Mala Zubmeranium, Ika Washington, and Jeremy Jacob. We will continue to share works that we find meaningful and, and find purpose from through our social channels and through BFC Live as well. We encourage you to watch last Friday's BFC Live with Ika Washington as well, as she gives a deep dive of what is behind her writing. BFC Live is a video and podcast production of the business of cannabis since 2017 through our web, social, video, and podcast channels, as well as real world and virtual events. We've highlighted the companies, the brands, the people, and the trends driving the global cannabis industry. We encourage you to explore all that we do at businessofcannabis.ca. In a few moments, we will have our weekly check-in uh, about insights with Liz Tahura, the co-founder and president of BDSA, the official insights partner of Business of Cannabis. She'll be sharing a case study of how a chocolate company in Colorado used data and insights to extend their brand into gummies. But first, on Monday, we had our first answer to our Ask the Expert segment with Sherry Boudram of CanDelta, the official regulatory advisory of Business of Cannabis. Malka LaBelle asked a question about Health Canada's packaging restrictions, and Sherry ably answered. We ask you, if you have questions, to share them through social or through email, and we will get them answered every Monday. Our sister publication, Report on Psychedelics, released two new podcasts this week, a weekly briefing and a conversation with Trevor Miller of MAPS Canada. We thank the Neo Exchange for their supportive Report on Psychedelics, and one of the ways we are thanking them is we are having them on. On June 25th, from 1 to 2, we will have a webinar, or Report on Psychedelics will have a webinar with Josh Schmidt. He is one of the founders and the president and CEO of the Neo Exchange, talking all things psychedelics and capital markets. Tomorrow, we'll be sharing updates about cannabis forward our networking series and dates moving forward with some exciting programming on friday we're going to talk it with alcit specifically about protecting data and privacy of your customers and patients uh, an important matter for companies of any size as always follow us on twitter linkedin facebook and instagram thank you to our ongoing partners cannabis at work cannabis benchmarks can delta and bdsa and now for our weekly insights conversation with Liz Tahura of BDSA. Enjoy. Liz Tahura, great to see you again. Nice to see you, Jay. It's like a weekly thing we're going to do. I love it. I know. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And today, what, what are we going to be focused on today? Because last week we did a deep dive, or you did a deep dive into BC cannabis consumers. I found it um, fascinating. But what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, we thought today we'd take a little bit of a pause um, and a little bit of a big picture perspective as we're moving into the summer and into uh, really what we see as the big ramp up for Cannabis 2.0 up in Canada. I uh, just wanted to walk you all through a really nice real world example of utilizing market data and consumer insights and research to identify opportunities um, and really specifically focus around how that impacts or how that can impact 
the Cannabis 2.0 landscape and just maybe give you guys some, some good insights and, uh, and some pointers on, on methods for success. I, I like that because we have seen a lot of, well, certainly on the retailer side, a lot of new retailers entering the space, not just in my neighborhood, although there's been a lot of that too, but in Ontario overall, there's been this big ramp up and, and I want all those retailers to be successful. Um, with the understanding they're not all going to be successful, but I think the things you're going to be talking about now would really be helpful to them. Absolutely. Well, good. Yeah. So like, let's get into it if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Let's jump on in. Uh, so, you know, as we've talked before, uh, data, uh, specifically the BDSA data, but, but market research data in general can be utilized in different ways depending on the sector and sort of the specific business need. So everything from investors utilizing the data to understand growth potential of markets and keep track of categories and brands and investment opportunities uh, to retailers who are directly comparing and benchmarking themselves against the category and understanding which products to stock on their shelves and how to price those products accordingly. Um, and also manufacturers understanding uh, you know, which products they should be building and, uh, and how to really successfully identify opportunities. Um, and then also to track and measure those products once they're in the marketplace. Um, so we're gonna walk through a little bit of an example from Colorado um, of a manufacturer, BDSA client, who was already very well established within the chocolates category. So top chocolates company, um, leading in market share, uh, one of the top top five best selling products or selling uh, companies in the in the Colorado marketplace, and really position themselves along the strength of affordable luxury um, and premium products, uh, although staying within um, sort of that that mid range price point. Um, so really hitting the best of both worlds. Uh, the goals of their business was really uh, the goals of this this line extension uh, was really to deliver or to follow the same approach along the, those flavors and, and items that were successful within the chocolates category. Uh, so uh, again, luxury ingredients and things that you might not see in a typical candy brand, uh, things like milk and cookies and cappuccino and things that really just kind of whet your appetite and, and make you think about high-end, chef-created, uh, very, very high-quality products. Um, so as they're ex examining the opportunity to, to build their revenues and build their category and frankly build their brand share, um, Across, across the Colorado marketplace, um, they really started researching the edibles landscape, utilizing the BDSA data, um, and noticed that the gummy category in 2018, so this is back in 2018 when they looked to launch this, uh, this brand, was a $100 million category in Colorado, uh, which was about 45% of the edibles category overall. And more importantly, it had seen a 31% increase in sales over 2017. So clearly identified as the right size opportunity, the right growth opportunity, uh, but also presented some challenges as well. Uh, because it was such a fast growing category, because it was so well established, there was already a very well established brand mix within that category. About 26 brands uh, selling within the space, again, that they were able to identify through looking at the BDSA data. And also even more importantly, uh, noticed that the top five brands accounted for 78% of the market share within the gummy category. So really stiff competition within that category. Uh, so clearly they needed to look beyond just size and growth uh, to really understand where they could find a niche and where they could find something 
that fit their brand story. Um, so a couple things that we helped them look into, um, one was flavor profiles and the other was CBD content. Um, so one thing we noticed was that at the time in 2018, uh, the top flavors for gummies were things that you would find kind of in traditional candy flavors. So, you know, things like mixed fruit, watermelon, strawberry, uh, blue raspberry, things that are um, good and delicious and yummy tasting, um, and also relatively kind of simple. Um, and again, almost traditional candy-like flavors. Like, like Jolly Ranchers. Exactly, like Jolly Ranchers, very similar. Um, and at the same time, CBD, back in 2018, uh, about 14% of gummy products were, were containing ratios of CBD. Um, and another thing that we identified was that that 14%, while it was small overall, it was growing faster than the THC-only product category. Um, so two kind of insights that we, that we zeroed in there um, that both help tell the same story that, uh, that this client of ours, that this premium chocolate company, uh, was able to fit into their existing brand story of luxury, of functional ingredients, um, and of bringing, uh, bringing elevated flavors and tastes to the marketplace. So what they decided to do is go after a line of gummies that were effect-based, mood and effect-based, um, and also including CBD into some of their SKUs. Um, so looking at flavor profiles, things like pineapple habanero, strawberry rhubarb, uh, watermelon, um, and cucumber, things that, uh, again, also very yummy sounding, uh, but also a little bit elevated um, and kind of bringing, bringing some sophistication into those flavor profiles. Um, and also, again, including those functional ingredients to really help tell that brand story and paint a picture for the consumer about what kind of experience they should be expecting when they consume those products. So when we look at the Canada market today, uh, a few insights and a few things that we think about uh, that, that really can help us drive some, some, uh, some of our lessons home for Canada and especially as we're thinking about 2.0 products. Um, so right now in Canada, as we, uh, as we all know, flour, dried flour accounts for somewhere between 60 and 70% of the market, depending on the specific location and, and province. Uh, very much like Colorado sales were at the time of earlier launch. Um, and so very similar point of time to, to the evolution of that Colorado market. Uh, when we look at our BDSA consumer research, you know, we know that, and we talked about this last week, actually, we know that 26% of consumers preferred edibles in Canada, even before uh, 2.0 really got, got going. So there's clearly a desire for those edible products, but what is it that's really going to resonate with consumers uh, with, the, with these gummy products or with these edibles products in general? And what we saw, or what we see, is that the consumers that prefer edibles their top four influencers for purchase, price, of course, always price, um, and that, that we almost, I don't want to say we discount that, but uh, we do see that across the board, not just in cannabis products, but really any purchase product or purchasing decision, you're going to see price come up to the top. Uh, but also flavor, CBD content, and convenience of consumption. Uh, so when you think about those three, and we talked a lot about the, or we talked a bit about the, uh, the high-end consumer last week when we were looking into the, the BC consumer insights. Um, and interestingly enough, we see those same four uh, considerations rise to the top. Price comes a little bit lower in the mix, uh, but, but still those two are the top four considerations. Uh, so thinking about 
finding a product to fit your shelves and or creating a product um, if you are a manufacturer that lines up with those top considerations. Um, you know, thinking back to, to the case study and the, the data bearing out in Colorado showing that, yes, there is a white space opportunity uh, for those elevated profiles, for that mood and effect base, for those CBD gummies, or CBD-focused products um, and within, uh, within the product mix that you're carrying, either on your shelves or, of course, within your product line. Um, to really underscore that importance of the elevated flavors, um, we know, obviously, it's a little soon in Canada to start tracking things as detailed as, uh, as flavor profile trends, but if we look back to Colorado and think back to Colorado, in 2020, uh, the top flavor, so as more products were hitting the shelves and products like our client who successfully launched, we'll talk about that in a moment, uh, but other brands as well bringing some of these elevated and more sophisticated uh, product mix into the market, what we're seeing is the top flavors in 2020 uh, still do include some of those simple, you know, strawberry, watermelon, blue raspberry, um, actually raspberry, not blue raspberry, um, but we're also seeing some elevated flavors come into that top uh, that top flavor profile and in terms of sales. So things like Marionberry, peach, um, huckleberry, pomegranate, pineapple, habanero, again, um, two things, localized flavors. Um, so we do see, so we do see pops uh, based in, so different things are popping in Oregon and pop in Colorado and pop in California. Um, and then also that, that elevated flavor profile. Also know that CBD is still relatively difficult uh, to come by in all of the products up in Canada for 2.0. Uh, but again, a, a good opportunity to look into the Colorado data set to see um, if sales behavior matches those preferences. And we absolutely see that being the case. So in 2020, uh, gummies are now 54, or excuse me, 58% of all edibles. So continuing to grow in market share and dominance within the Colorado marketplace. And CBD products are now 24%. Um, of the gummy category, so continuing to grow. And in fact, seven of the top 20 CBD SKUs in, uh, in the US contain CBD and CBD ratios. Uh, so, so again, important to understand and or important to see those trends and, and really fun to be able to pick out what's happening in markets that are already established. Um, learn from some of our, uh, from our, our clients who have already gone through some of these, um, these experiences, think about how that can translate back to the Canadian audience, the Canadian consumer, um, and see where those trends are going to run parallel uh, and potentially where some of them might diverge. Yeah, it's like, it's like um, to use a really Canadian terminology, it's like we are in the space in Canada that allows us to go where the, to skate where the puck is going, not where the puck is now, right? Because it's exactly, so exactly. That's a uh, test my Canadian trivia. That's Gretzky, right? That's Gretzky. Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> um, but it, but it really is because it's it's such um it's such a new market. Certainly for cannabis 2.0, but even for flower products, right? But but 2.0 that that there really is this opportunity to move ahead of others, understanding in a really deep way what has happened in other places. Um, and even what's happening in here in real time, but the idea that there are these market shifts where different categories will certainly grow as more products at the shelves, but even as they grow, there will be these opportunities for companies to sort of hit the market right on the spot um, by using information and data from other places. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. And, and back to this, this case study or yeah. real world example, 
Um, so once, once this client of ours did launch their, uh, their fruit product into the market, uh, they had a goal of entering at least 100 stores uh, within the first three months, they actually exceeded that goal. And they were, by 2020, they're ranked within the top 15 in terms of gummy brands. And also, um, I think one of the things they're most proud of, actually were the first edibles company ever to win Best in Show in the uh, THC Hemp Connoisseur Championship. Uh, which is a pretty well-respected um, championship here. So, so clearly listening to the consumer's needs and wants and understanding the sales trends uh, have helped them to build the best possible, possible product for the best fit uh, while still staying true to their brand story. Uh, their director or their uh, CMO had a really great quote, which I loved. Um, she said, you know, data is, uh, data is really the brain behind what we do. Uh, but our heart and soul still remain. So essentially having that balance between your, your gut feel and your heart and your soul and what your brand identity is, uh, but backing that up with data and that kind of the brains behind the heart and soul, uh, I think is a really winning combination. It's a very good balance, yes. <laughs> if you wanna stay in business, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I like it a lot. Um, and, and I really, I mean, I don't mean to state the obvious because I'm usually an idiot on these things, but like it really, it, the, the timing is now, like I've been, you know, been on the Ontario Cannabis Store, been, on, been in shops in Ontario and other, other places, and it really is, there is this, it's not a physical white space, but there is lots of opportunity to go where the market is going to be going. It's getting ahead of that curve so you can be the defined leader in those categories. And we've even seen, because we just talked about this, the Ontario Cannabis Store data from the previous year, I guess, or the year ending in March, it doesn't really even include a ton of 2.0 products. Um, it really it reflects on sort of when it was just flour and very limited quantities of that. So like we are in, we are still in the early, early days of this. And, and, but I think it's the early days of this that require sort of expertise from other places because the puck will be going lots of places uh, and being, being ready for that is really, is really critical, which is why we're so, we're so thankful that you guys are our partners in this. So you can, you can guide us through this unique hockey game. Yep, absolutely. And when we can't wait as, uh, as June comes through, and I think we mentioned this last week, but we're about to get our next wave of consumer insights, which cover well into uh, the launch of Cannabis 2.0. So really excited in the coming weeks to start uh, to start matching up these uh, sort of where the puck is going to where the puck is now and, and, and really sort of starting to tie that together um, and help uh, help really bridge that gap and understands um, if there are differences and unique uh, unique consumer preferences based on not just geography, but quite frankly, the, the time that we're in today, um, you know, we, the term new normal gets thrown around quite a lot. Um, I think we will see some, some shifts in consumer preferences. And one of the things we are talking about a lot around the office here is the idea of affordable luxury. Um, and again, this case study um, really illuminates an opportunity for a brand that had already created that, that, that luxury feel, but how important that can become uh, in the consumer mindset um, if we do end up in a longer term recession or economic challenge, uh, where consumers can find those, those bits of luxury. Um, and our partnership with IRI uh, shows us that consumers behave that way uh, across all retail categories. Um, so they will be looking for ways to treat themselves in small ways. Um, so, so why not do that with cannabis? Uh, it's yeah. like the ultimate treat. 
it, it really it really is the ultimate treat um yeah and if you could get it in a gummy and a chocolate or a you know salted caramel chew like if it tastes delicious then so much the better that's right <laughs> that's true all right liz so this this has been great for this week's update really appreciate it and we will see you next week as well all right great thanks so much jay great thanks liz